Burgess. And I am Stephanie Fitzpatrick, aka the Advantage Coach. All right, so let me do this right because. Yes, because we're going to make sure we get back by popular demand. Yes. Mm -hmm. By popular demand, we have Mr. Drew Isaiah Burgess. Say hello, buddy. Now, Auntie. Yes. Did Tell I do, him. Did I do that good that time? Right. <laughs> let him know. That's right. I don't That's want right. no smoke, Auntie. None. <laughs> he got all of the first of our attention today. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Introduce him early. Early. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Happy yeah, to have him back. <laughs> yes. Uh, we, we looking. He just woke up from a nap. So. Um, we we and looking as there. adorable as ever. <laughs> <laughs> We're As a dog, he's gonna yes. be nice and cooperative. We, we are praying. Listen, yes, but lay hands on him. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, he's he biting on my hand. Okay. Oh, he good. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into this. Who's really right? And I'm anxious to talk about this one too because I thought about it. Um, and we're gonna let you guys in on a little secret. So, with some of these, who's really right? Our opinion can go either way, right? Yeah. We we can look at a topic, and I think that's that's a very good stance to have on some of this stuff. Because mm -hmm. you can look at a topic and not necessarily be so headstrong on, okay, this is how it has to happen, right? Or this is how it should happen, and you can right. kind of see it from both sides. Right. Um the more and more I thought about this topic, the more and more I thought that I think I'm straight on the side that i'm on now okay I, I was on i could have argued both sides of this topic but all right where i settled that i think i'm resolute in okay. and so without further ado our who's Ooh. really right for this week is should doc rivers be on the chopping block in philadelphia i'm gonna let you go first since you put it all out there like that go ahead you sure yep go ahead all right. So, since 2008-9, what has Doc Rivers done? He's won exactly one championship with a, with a big three. Now, people talk about, you know, super teams and big threes, and this team was assembled by Danny Ainge. But it was a big three. It was a super team, nonetheless. The Celtics, y'all. The Celtics. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Oh, Celtics. Uh, um, Paul Pierce. Um, Ray Kevin Allen. Gardner. Kevin, Kevin Garner. Yeah. Super team, big three. Yep. They won one title in their tenure together with okay. Doc Rivers. Mm -hmm. Doc Rivers won that championship. And I don't think he's gotten 
very close since. He had those years with the Clippers, never made it to a conference championship because mm-hmm. if we remember. That was why, yeah. The conference semifinals, when he was up 3-1 against Houston, they ended up losing. Mm-hmm. And Houston came all the way back and won. And he hasn't even been to the conference semifinal since then. Mm-hmm. So what has Doc done in those years that has warranted him to get this job one with the Sixers, but to two, to you alienated your star. You alienated your star. Now I got my own issues with Ben Simmons and and you know what I'm saying, that's for another podcast. <laughs> alienated your star. Um, and we know in leadership, you got to bring folks together. What you had to give up to get rid of him after alienated him, mm-hmm. we ended up getting James Harden. We'll have more on him later. Um, I know, Drew, right? Right. Yeah. Same feeling, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what has Doc done? And, and why, 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 why are we preserving him? Wow. So your answer is? Yes. Yes. Chopping block. Actually, it shouldn't even be on the chopping block. He should be chopped. <laughs> wow. I mean, because think okay. about it. Like, he's gotten all of these opportunities. Mark Jackson hasn't been in the league since building that Warriors uh, dynasty. And he hasn't yeah. even gotten to see the fruits of it. So, like, I'm sorry. Doc, I just don't know. I don't know what you've done. Wow. What have you done for me? So, <laughs> so Doc is an underachiever. Yeah. To, to sum up your, your analysis of this whole situation. Well, and we're going to talk about this in a little bit too. He might be cursed like one of his, you know, long-time <laughs> stars he, he had, you know? Okay. <laughs> Not cursed. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, clearly I'm on the other side of this mm-hmm. um, and I will say this everything that you said is fact mm-hmm. however mm-hmm. in most I won't say all in most of these situations and circumstances there has been something extenuating mm-hmm. right okay that is, has because here's the one thing you can coach, you can you can tell your players what to do, you can draw up the plays, you can do everything you can, but you can't get out there and play for them. That's true. You can't do that. Mm-hmm. And you can't control injury. Right. You can't control um, backstabbing. You some people might have ulterior motives for tanking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, right. and, I, and and so I'm thinking kind of the Clippers team and even this team. He's had those situations, right? It's been situationships. 
<laughs> for him. Um, and I think what it is, is the thing is Doc Rivers coaching the big three um, taught him how to deal with superstars. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't have a lot of, he doesn't have the propensity to be coddly mm-hmm. when it comes to him. And so they don't typically like that because they feel like they should be. I'm the superstar, right? I need to be treated a little different. And mm-hmm. he ain't that dude. Right. Like I remember in the series, in the um semifinals, the um commentators were talking, I can't think of this kid's name. He got the floppy dreads. It looked like a mop, but I can't think of his name. Um Oh my gosh, he was kind of holding them in there a little bit. And oh then, yes, you're talking about Maxi. Uh, yes, Maxi. Talk about him and how Doc is really like um, pumping this kid up mm-hmm. and really like helping to grow him from a mental and a and a basketball mind, like right basketball uh, standpoint, and so. It's those little minute things like that that are intangibles, basically, that you can't just say anybody and everybody can do this, right? He's So everybody might be like, oh, he need to be focusing on James Harden and Joel Embiid, you know? But yeah, they talk about him putting energy and effort into this kid, right? Yeah. And so those are the types of things that... I feel like make Doc Doc. Um, <laughs> this particular situation with the Sixers, I don't feel like the reason I say no is because he didn't have what he needed to move forward. What's wrong, Drew? <laughs> he didn't have what he needed. I do not believe it. Joel Embiid was at probably about 75, if 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 that much, percent. Because mm-hmm. you, you got finger problems and leg problems and you got all kind of stuff going on, right? So you 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 know, shout out to him because he gave it all he had, but either way. You were not hundred percent, and you could not, you know, perform at the at the level. And yeah, he put Ben Ben Simmons out there, well, out in the street, because he trusted Joel and B. Right. And now you hurt, so you know what I'm saying. So, right. and even that, like, that makes me think. This is one of the reasons why I love John Morant so much, right? You got hurt, mm-hmm. but hurt you was still cheerleader you so even joel and b being hurt and playing you you didn't i didn't see the leadership pieces the grit the ground you know what i mean like i didn't see that and so when you got to be the coach and the leader because you don't have your superstar who, who i'm not gonna coddle and then you bring in a veteran like james harden who i'll never think has been a leader personally right so 
you don't have so it's some factors is all i'm trying to say y'all that i feel like make it not right for him to be on the chopping block for this particular situation and we cannot base that this particular situation off of all of the other things that have happened we're not talking about his doc one of the best ever we're talking about should he be getting fired from his job right now and i say no so i i do understand where you're coming from like you can't you can't you can't you know um you can't deny that you know there were some other factors in the Sixers maybe underachieving this year right um because I think coming off of last year um hey they made it to the uh oh no 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 they lost to the Hawks the Hawks yep which you know what I'm saying another underachieving moment (laughs) <laughs> nah, I'm gonna let that go. <laughs> what? I'm gonna let that go. What? That, that it was an underachieving moment that yeah. they lost to the Hawks. That team was. Oh great. no, 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 that wasn't. No, no, see, that wasn't a dig at the Hawks. And, and I think that, I think that Hawks team, they they certainly outdid themselves. And I think that, based off of this year, we kind of saw just how that team outdid themselves. Yeah. Like they 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 shouldn't have advanced but they did like they, <laughs> they yeah. their coach got them to play beyond themselves right. You right. Know? and i think that i'm not even basing it off of all of doc's past if you look at just last year how you didn't have that team ready to play yeah and that team was a all right we close enough to be a championship team yeah what is it that's not connecting that. with doc like one of the things that you said was about you know kind of not being able to connect with, um, and I'm paraphrasing, but not being able to connect with these new athletes and like mm-hmm. calling them and stuff like that. Yeah. Now, I think that another famed coach that that both of us are a fan of um, is struggling with that now as well. But he got five championships under his belt. And so Pop kind of has the cachet to try to figure this out. I don't think that Doc does because Doc hasn't won enough. And I think ultimately in using the the totality of his career, Mm -hmm. unless you're going to put Doc with a big three and have Rondo (laughs) as the point guard. Oh my gosh. I think we got to, you know, we got to be real about Doc's ability. Okay. Well, I guess y'all just have to let us know if you're really right because, yeah, I, I don't think he's on the chopping block right now, and obviously Jerry does. So, um, Drew got an opinion too. We just right. not quite sure what that is right, right now. But uh, yeah, we just not we not. I, I feel like he on my side because it's a little fussy sounding. Like no, we're not uh-huh. doing that to him. Like yeah, no. So, right, Drew, exactly. So yeah, um. Yeah. So y'all let us know who you think is really right. Drew is, Drew is crying. Daddy is daddy. He's really right. <laughs> y'all don't don't believe it. Don't believe it. Please don't believe it. <laughs> Super dad over there, y'all. <laughs> Real good topics. <laughs> yes. Drew said, look, right. I'm hungry. 
I don't know what y'all doing. <laughs> he said, I'll be a lot better with the broadcast if I get something to eat. Right. <laughs> uh, but now let's jump into these real good topics because, yeah. uh, you know, you predicted this actually. You called this one, right? Yep. You said that the Mavericks were going to beat the Suns. Yep. I didn't think that this curse would show up until the the conference finals because it showed up last year in the finals. And yeah. I thought maybe they'd be able to get past one more round. But no, uh, the Suns were eliminated in the conference semifinals by the Dallas Mavericks. And it's because Chris Paul was cursed. I think I we've seen it enough out. now. We have seen it enough now. We saw it when he was in Houston. They were up three games to two on the uh, the Warriors. Warriors, yep. And, you know, hamstring popped off the bone. <laughs> Shout out Help to the boys. Woo! Woo! Yeah, I, I it is it's him. It's him. Okay. You Clippers. know I'm gonna let you have that, right? Because I don't Clippers believe that. Uh-huh. you know that ain't where my heart is with this. I know. But, I know um I really feel like the people who needed to show up didn't show up, and that's really all this is. Yeah. Um, I feel like Devin Booker got hurt and he wasn't being truthful about how hurt he was because mm-hmm. he just Faded into the background mm-hmm. within this series to me. Um, other than getting chomped off by Luca uh, constantly, you really didn't see a lot from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know. I feel bad for Monty, but me too. That's the part I feel bad about because clearly he had done his part to have this team have the best record in the NBA. They were firing on all cylinders up until this this i'm telling you if you want me to tell you luca got in everybody's head and it was over mm-hmm. um so that's you know we can go with the curse theory or we could go with the fact that nobody showed up mm-hmm. nobody showed up you know why nobody showed up because chris paul is cursed <laughs> And, and, and let's not let DeAndre Aiden off the hook, because I think he, the whole the whole starting five. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And and while I agree that he probably shouldn't be the one saying this, I do agree that um, I think it was was it the second quarter of the fourth game? Was it no third game? Any, whatever game that was, Chris Paul got in foul trouble early mm-hmm. and had to sit. Yeah. And who's his backup? It's escaping me. His oh, name yes. Uh, what is his name? It's uh, escaping me right now. Cameron Payne. But either, who? Cameron Payne. Yes. Mm-hmm. He came in and he gave a spark. And so while I don't think it was Patrick Beverly's place to necessarily be dogging because this is personal for you. And so maybe you shouldn't have spoken about this in a setting where, you know, it was more professional and you got to be a little less 
uh, bias about the things that you say. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree that it might have just been better to keep him on the bench, superstar or not. You know what I mean? Like, in, yeah. this is what I was saying about the whole doc thing. He don't coddle people. I don't care who you are, right? <laughs> so I feel like Monty Williams felt like I got to have a level of respect for Chris Paul as my star yeah. and leave him out there. But when the energy is wrong, the chemistry ain't working, you need to put you need to put in who's going to give you what you need, right? Yeah. That's what we saw with... Um, with um, the, with the Celtics in that in that one game in that in that final game uh no the game before the final mm-hmm. game in when they were in um in um why can't I think of who they played Jesus oh, when they were in Milwaukee okay and and um what's his name Brian what's his name Williams caught on fire mm-hmm. and they just kept feeding him the ball yeah and then you ain't take him out. You just kept feeding him because your other dude was healthy. He was ready to, he could have played that game, mm-hmm. but because that was smart play, right? Over the high hand, good coach. Yes. And so if this dude is coming in and he's bringing the energy and he's giving you what you need, I don't really care that Chris Paul is your superstar. Sweetheart, you're going to sit because we're going we gonna to ride this until the wheels fall off. Well, so... Chris Paul isn't only the superstar. He's also the the leader and emotional leader of that team. And I think what Monty Williams may have been thinking is, is just kind of like a batter in baseball who's in a slump. He got to hit his way out of it. And, and but when you and, see it ain't working, I think in, in hindsight, you know, we say, all right, listen, we looked at the evidence and it didn't work. <laughs> but I think when you're in it, you're like, listen, this guy got us here. He's going to figure it out. He never did. Um, and this, I guess this is my only, this is me only kind of caping for Monty Williams that, you know, I understand the decision. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you got a player of the caliber of Chris Paul. Now, from okay. an outsider looking in, Chris yeah. Paul is cursed. Should have sat in the whole series. <laughs> Should have sat in the whole series. I'm going to just let you have that. <laughs> Listen, and, and it's, you know, they curse together. They are cursed. Well, together. anybody that's tied to you at that point. No, sad, I'm, I'm, but, I'm talking yeah. about Doc, Doc and Chris Paul. Like, they need to go. All right. <laughs> they both need to retire from basketball. Just leave it alone. You know, no. They're cursed. Uh, I cannot stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, this this was this was the biggest that that final game was the biggest meltdown disappointment I think I've ever seen in the playoffs, honestly. honestly. Uh, no, for me personally, I've never seen a play team that was number one mm-hmm. go to trash. <laughs> Oh, see, you feel me, Drew. I'm, I'm gonna tell you. I think, I think it was the biggest meltdown like that was that 2011 Heat team. I don't even think I remember what happened. They lost to the Dallas Mavericks in the uh, finals. Oh, I remember. Yeah, they were, they were up. They were up two games to nothing. And end yeah. up losing four games to two. 
See, I ain't even talking about like the series record. I'm talking about how you played in that last game. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, and and now, this is what everyone puts a stain on my goat's leg uh, legacy for. Um, they say that you know, uh, he can't be considered a goat because of you know, um how he performed in that finals and, and, yeah. and he, he'll admit to you know he stunk it up but yeah. 27 7 and, and 7 or 27 8 and 7 or something like that yeah that's that's a that's a pretty good stink up you know but it will, for the average person but right i i got something i gotta send you too okay it, it was these comedians who made who were making a case for their goats okay. Oh Lord. And, and you're gonna laugh. You're gonna be mad, okay. but you're gonna laugh. Oh, okay. All right. Send it to me. All right. Let's uh let's move on to uh yeah the the NBA draft. And we just saw um the lottery, the NBA lottery, and we saw that the Orlando Magic received that number one, that coveted number one slot. <laughs> yes. Um in the lottery. Yes. Um, who do you see? going number one overall to the Orlando Magic? So I've just been kind of watching what's happening. And obviously the Magic need a big man, right? So they're not going to pick a guard or anybody like that. So looking at who we got, it's two people that stand out to me. Okay. Right, okay. Jabari we'll, Smith. We'll, we'll do this. Uh-huh. Jabari Smith. Yep. <laughs> And Chet Holmgren. Yeah. Now, which I don't really care yeah. which one they pick. I feel like they'll be good either way. I know that Chet Holmgren has probably a quicker upside right now in the minds of a lot of people, but I, Jabari Smith, they neck and neck to me. Literally, I don't feel like they can go wrong either way. Yeah. So, you know, when we, when we both talked about this, we we talked about we, we both kind of were were settled <laughs> yeah. with that home run. Yeah, and I think both of us in in kind of looking at it and going to do our research a little bit, both came up with Jabari Smith as kind of right there. Exactly. They're both forwards, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, they they would be both what the Orlando Magic needs. Right. I'm going to tell you why because I was I was sold on Chet Home run. Yeah. I'm going to tell you why they got to go with Jabari Smith. Oh, okay. Gonzaga's curse. <laughs> okay, listen. We just everybody cursed today. Everybody cursed. Everybody. Everybody cursed today. Oh my gosh, I can't take it. Um, okay. We've seen what happened to Gonzaga. They've been the number one seed the last few years. Don't be the number one seed anymore. No more. Okay. No, we can't take it. No. Um, and and I, I joke, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying that in just right. all of the, the cursed stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Chet Holmgren is the can't miss prospect. Yeah. Right. But I don't know if you remember a few years ago, more than a few years ago, actually, <laughs> um, when we thought, or at least people thought, I won't say we like you and I, but yeah, it was popular thought and this is what made Danny Ainge a genius it was popular thought 
that Markel Fultz was the number one can't miss prospect for the 76ers. And so mm-hmm. they leaped the Celtics to go get him, traded for him, got him. And we see what Jason Tatum is doing because that's who the Celtics uh, That's who the Celtics pick. That's right. And so um, I think that there may be room for a situation like that yeah. to occur this time. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's truly all about what organization you get with. Right. And that may be the best spot for Jabari Smith. Right. Like, right, if I got to pick one of those two guys, that might be the best spot for him. Right. Um, just the the team, the way that they operate, things that they do, it may just be a better, better, better fit for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sorry. All I think of when I think of Chet is from Weird Science. So I really have to catch myself. <laughs> And if, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, Chet Holmgren is the grandson of Mike Holmgren. Mike. Yes, yep. I thought so. I, I remember hearing that when he was like a freshman. Mm-hmm. Um, or I, he, he gonna be all right. right. He going yeah, he somewhere. He yeah. gonna be all right. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see which one of the, it. It really doesn't. I I really don't think it's a loss either way. I'm nah, really I, yeah. Like so. Yeah. All right. All right. Tatum, Luka, and Giannis are being called the reason the NBA will be okay once my GOAT decides to retire. Um, now, you put me on to this because I, I hadn't heard about this. Mm-hmm. They left some names off of here because they only mentioned Jason Tatum, Luka Doncic, and Giannis uh, Antetokounmpo. Yep. Now, who do you think they left off? Well, you said names. I think I it's name. one name that they what left off. What name? And, and and believe it or not, somebody that I'm not that big a fan of, but I feel like he does have such huge impact mm-hmm. on the game, regardless of my feelings about his whatever. Um, <laughs> is uh, Joel Embiid. Yes. Trust the process. You can't, he is you the can't have... <laughs> You can't have you can't have this list without him. I'm sorry. Yeah. You cannot. I mean, he's he's the most dominant big man since Shaq. Yeah. I don't know what you want to do, and and better than Shaq because he can shoot the ball mm-hmm. from the outside. Yeah. So even but dominating in the paint is what I'm saying. Like, yeah. yeah. So. Well, uh, okay, hold on. Yeah. So in that statement, you're not counting Giannis as a big. Right. No. Okay. No. I mean, he is, but he isn't. Not really. Yeah, like, you not, know yeah. what I mean? He, he has the ball in his hand way too much at the top. Of yeah, the he's not. He's not. He doesn't. He doesn't play the role of a big to me. Yeah. He just is not, not a, Certainly <laughs> right. <laughs> not a traditional big. Right. He is right. a seven quarter. Um, yeah. So, my honorable mention is Nikola Jokic because he just won another MVP, and I just think that you can't. You know, he's won a couple of MVPs so far, and I think mm-hmm. that you can't just, you know, not mention him. But yeah. my only well, one this person, other one, I don't know. Listen, my go only ahead. One person, Jimmy Buckets. Jimmy Buckets. Mm-hmm. I think that his talent is undeniable. I think that I think that if he was still in Philly with Doc. I think that 
Curse not. Yeah. I think that team, I think he removes the curse. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. I feel like Jimmy Butler is probably one of the most underrated players um, to ever play in the NBA. I think that, um, I, I guess because of some of the questions surrounding him, um, he has been looked at as a problem when it comes to different teams. Well, actually only one team because the Tim you didn't hear much about it in Philly. The Timberwolves were the only team that kind of tried to label him as a problem. And, and in fairness, his coach came out and, you know, Tibbs, um, he came out and dispelled that. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, he's doing in Miami what we believe to him to, to be able to do, or at least what I believe him to be able to do all along. I don't, I have never questioned this man's talent, ever. Mm. I, I think he's a phenomenal player. I think he's a high energy chemistry guy, which is something that, you know, you can't teach, right? Mm -hmm. Um. I just don't see him as one of the ones that we can put in this category right now because mm -hmm. when he shows up, it's the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And we see the phenomenal, amazing play that Jimmy Butler brings to the play. That's a whole different level. The man is, he goes off to a whole different level when it comes to the playoffs. And I appreciate that, but I feel like you got to be able to, I'm not saying you need to have this kind of the numbers he's putting up 40, like 40 points a night, every night during the regular season, but can we get a few? You know, so, and again, this is one of the things that we, you know, discussed when I'm meeting, I think that um, they're one of the, the, the few NBA organizations who has a true culture and a true um, system in place. You know, when we think about those teams, we think about the San Antonio Spurs, you know, obviously the Miami Heat, the Celtics, mm -hmm. um, they have a system in place and, as, you know, it works for them. And so what happens, we know that Jimmy Butler has it in him. Because if you can do it in the playoffs, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to do it during the regular season. But from their record, their seeding, we know that he hasn't really been called on to have to do that during the season. Um, and, and one of the things that I pointed to was that the scoring output is kind of what people pay most attention to, yeah. right? And so he exposed yeah. for a 40-point game in the playoffs um, and we look at it as, all right, he had this amazing output. He doesn't do it during the season. But Jimmy Butler is the number one defender on that team, and he's called on to guard the number one offensive player on the opposite team. Mm -hmm. And so in the playoffs where it gets tighter, possessions are, you know, you know, a lot more valuable. He's being called on to be the number one offensive threat along with defending the number one offensive threat from the other team and I think that just adds to 
his legend. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that the fact that he ain't turning out a bunch of 40-point games during the season detracts from it. I think it just speaks to, one, the culture of the Miami Heat and that system that they have in place, that him being such a stellar player, they're still winning games without him having to do that. But in the playoffs where things get tighter, when you when you need him to go do it, he can go do it. Okay. We're going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Agree yeah. to disagree. <laughs> yep. I, I, I'm not discounting Jimmy Butler because I feel yeah, like he's I a know. phenomenal player. I'm just, I don't know if he goes on this list just yet. Yeah. I just don't know that. That's all. This this probably should have been who's really right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, let's, let's jump to uh, the, and this is something that we have covered before and we've talked extensively about. Um, but the United States women's national team and the men's national team for soccer have ratified a CBA um, that allows them to equally split World Cup bonuses. Yeah. Is this a huge win for equity in sports? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Just just to say it, I mean, so equivalent for anybody who's not like really into soccer, this is like saying for the WNBA and the NBA that we go, all the proceeds we get from the finals, we just gonna split all of that money mm -hmm. amongst the two leagues. Mm -hmm. Hello? <laughs> so, I, just with that analogy, I think that the difference is because this is a national team, I think that one, the women have performed, outperformed the men outperformed. Just Absolutely. traditionally, right? And so um, what doesn't come into play here is um, like the business of <laughs> soccer. Now we, we talking about like, what goes on in the United States and them having right. tickets and stuff like that. Right. Like, that would be one thing. Right. Where I thought that the women's national team was kind of getting a bad rap was none of those factors are in play. You can't lean on, oh, well, the men's team are selling more tickets or the men's team has more appeal. Mm -hmm. But that's not the case because the women have traditionally outperformed the men. Mm -hmm. And so there shouldn't be. Are you saying from a business standpoint or like yeah. an actual on the field? Well, so because there isn't much business to kind of lean to in this, like it's really just kind of a pot of money. And so we don't have that there to lean to. We can't say like with the W, like where you got 20, 30 million eyes on a fine. Um, um, uh, NBA finals game NBA, right. and then you look at the women's uh, you know finals game and there's probably only a couple hundred thousand yeah. you know what I'm saying and so yeah. when you can look at that and say well there's kind of a disparity here and so that that leads to money and that kind of leads to pay right mm -hmm. and now, that, now I'm only using that as an example there's a whole other issue going on with the owners and the way that the CBA is structured for yeah. them so I'm only using that, that as an example but that doesn't appear to be an issue with men's and women's soccer. Mm -hmm. and so there shouldn't be any disparity in pay. 
So you don't see this as a win. So no, no, I see it as a win definitely because I, I feel like you remove those factors and you can't blame this on business. You can't right. say like with the WNBA and the NBA, oh, well, this is just kind of a business thing and right. fail the fact that the owners are making more of the share of the pie in the WNBA than the owners in the NBA. Right, right. Okay. All right. Well, I'm glad to, I'm hoping that this, you know, it takes just one. So hopefully this will start conversations around it, even if it doesn't, even if it doesn't make good business sense, it's just the right thing to do, right? Mm -hmm. From an equity standpoint. And, and we've talked about equal versus equitable, equal versus equitable. And so this is an equity thing. And I'm and I'm even though it was equally divided, it is an equity thing. And so I'm excited for them for that. So good stuff. All right, y'all. Just know this next topic. Yeah. We might not get to nothing else today. Yeah. yeah. This right here, listen. Um as an HBCU graduate, I think it is laughable that (laughs) Nick Saban is trying to uh to sell demonized he's trying to sell his boosters on the fact that jackson state gave travis hunter jr a million dollars to come play and texas a&m's whole team yeah everybody and they bought the whole team they bought the team and miami basketball is paying their players four hundred thousand dollars that those are the words that came out of nick saban's mouth yeah about the NIL. He is right. trying his best to demonize the NIL because right. it takes away his leverage and he hates it. it, it and, that, and that's the issue. What it does is it lands, it levels the playing field. Yep. It, it brings those backroom conversations and those backroom deals to the forefront and says, yep. okay, we're going to put it all on the table. All out here for everybody to see. Yep. He does not have the leverage, he does not have the advantage. Nope. And it's unfortunate that he would speak about it in this way. Um, and it's wild because what he's opening the door for is for people to start digging into that history of uh, how'd you get these players when you were at LSU? Oh, did you hear what Jimbo said? Oh, I heard him. I heard oh, him. Jimbo said, yeah, no, I need y'all to go do your due diligence and dig yeah. into that history. Uh-huh. He's telling them. He yeah. invited them personally. Go well, dig into that history because I find it laughable that this is the person. He the person I work with him. I know him. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the person that will come out and be trying yeah. to say that, yeah, like, oh, I can't wait. Right. He, he he even went so far to call him a narcissist. I was like, Jesus, Jimbo. Well, well, I mean, that may be how he feels about it. And, you know, I just feel like it is... Uh, he did come back and not to his defense, but just the facts. He did come back and say, I probably should not have called out Jackson State and Texas A&M mm-hmm. personally. Um, so, but that doesn't negate what you said. Like you can't, it's no take back, right? You said it now. I felt that was disingenuous. Oh, well, I can- mean, somebody probably was like, look, idiot, you need to go and take that back because that got out to the public. You might have thought you was in this room with I these people and nobody, but you, you're Nick Saban. Somebody's always paying attention. Mm-hmm. So you saying this out loud in front of these people, whatever your motive was, 
whatever you'll, even if you didn't really have the motive to demonize NIL or you didn't really have the motive to, for it to be publicly demonized anyway, mm-hmm. and you didn't have the motive to be trying to uh, throw suspicion on Jimbo Fisher in Texas A&M or mm-hmm. Dion in Jackson State or Miami in their basketball play. Even if that wasn't your intention, it happened because you're Nick Satan. Right. Period. Right. So to me, you um, you opened up a can of worms, sweetheart, and now you're going to have to deal with the consequences or whatever that's going to look like to- in the end for you. Um, and the other thing it did is, unless you was in this room with these boosters and they about to blow your pockets up, mm-hmm. I mean, you just help some kids make their mind up that they're going to go somewhere else because you, you, you now you got to claim that we don't do this, this, and this, and we're gonna do this. this. So now you're uh, you've put the microscope over your own program, right? So you don't have wiggle room to do anything that might have been the norm before. And he talking about him like nil, but he he went on the record as saying that uh, Bryce Young was a millionaire before he came on campus. How did that happen? How did that happen? Yeah. So because it's not in your control, that's the thing about it, right? Mm -hmm. As long as it was the boosters that was lining the pockets Mm -hmm. of the players for you and giving them what they needed and doing those things, because let's be honest, that's what's been happening all along, right? And not just in Alabama. This is just Mm -hmm. across the board, like, I don't know too many football players. I don't know too many collegiate football players who are at least decent, who didn't walk on to their school. And some of those who walked on even, who really, um, especially these D1 schools, who really, um, they live it better than I do. Mm -hmm. When these boosters are involved, them Mm -hmm. kids, call like all kind of stuff they figure it out it's legal it's uh, supposedly it's not legal but they figure out how to get it done right so yeah so for me like like what uh travis hunter said is like (laughs) he said if i had a million dollars would my mama be living in a three-bedroom house with five children would that be happening like Uh and the thing is if it were being that it, if they were really had given him a million dollars just outright through NIL, he could easily be doing whatever he wanted to do. He wouldn't have to be secretly doing yeah, it. Exactly. So it just really makes zero sense um, that this is the approach he took to this. And I feel, I don't, I was about to say, I feel bad for me. I don't, I don't feel bad for him. Now you're going to get what you get. That's what I'm going to say. Because yeah not only are you about to probably lose players you're probably about to be you're going to be under the microscope and you're definitely gonna have a target on your back boo Mm -hmm. from some of these other schools glad you only called out one maybe you don't play them this year because who we yeah yeah Yeah, that's Uh, they they got texas a&m oh yeah that's gonna be ugly listen I got to find somewhere to watch that one. Right. That's going to be ugly. 
but yeah, no, this is um pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty, yeah, I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I, I just, you know. So I, I just think it's laughable that you think that Jackson State has a million dollars to give. <laughs> and yeah. be clear, Dion was like, I don't even have a million dollars. Right. And, he, and his son Shador said, my dad, my dad, give somebody, my dad, make somebody a million dollars. He, he gets mad at us when we don't eat all of the chicken off the ball. <laughs> Oh uh, man, that's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's yeah. I mean, it is what it is. We've talked about this a couple of times now. Does the NIL, does this NIL um thing need some cleaning up? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, are there flaws? Absolutely. Were there flaws before the NIL? For sure. Yeah. So it's just it's a process. It's gonna take some time. They'll fit, finally get it all right. The regulations will be put in place. Hopefully, not to the point that it doesn't make sense to even have it. But some regulations do need to be put in place, and it's gonna just take some time. But definitely not putting stuff out that you're not sure is true. That's not good. Right. That's not good. Yeah. He's trying to demonize nil. That's what I really feel like it's yeah. about. Real roll call. All right, now what's happening in the real roll call? <laughs> geriatric real welcome I'm, I'm not sorry. even oh lord <laughs> i'm not even gonna toss the time on today yeah <laughs> okay because i don't think that we'll go over a minute with either of these well the okay. first two at least okay uh our pool host is doing his farewell tour after 22 years um he is hanging it up he is back with the uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Cardinals, yeah. Um, and for the first time a few days ago, he hopped on the pitcher's mound. Now, his first pitch went yard. What, what, what are we doing? The question is right. What are we doing? I mean, <laughs> I guess my thing is your farewell tour. I think a Kobe Bryant's farewell tour. I don't think I saw Kobe try to be the center mm -hmm. or anything like It's like that's what it's the equivalent of. Kobe trying to be the center yeah. Yeah. in his farewell tour. Like, what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, sir. So why in 22 years you've never taken the mound? Why now? Why? That's all I'm going to say. Why? It stop it. That's all I'm saying. If you wanted him to, if you if he had a dream or something to pitch sometime, then y'all do that in your spare time, not when it's a real game. Please and thank you. Okay. Or send him down to the miners to do that. Let him live out. There his you go. If he gotta do, if he gotta do it at all, again, I'm yeah. really confused. Right? Like it's it that makes no makes no sense. Tom Brady going out and saying, I'm going to play wide receiver. Huh? Well, you, did, you do know they, they tried to throw him the ball one time. In the no, Super no, no, no. <laughs> no. This is no. No and no again. No. All right. All right. Yeah. Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. He's 70-something years old. One more time in the ring. What, what Why? We... Lord. 
you see what I put what in the what yeah because I really don't understand again can y'all please when it's over this is why we exist feel to the rule project mm -hmm. because we need you all to be so good when when it's over it's over because see at 70 something years old I and you know how I feel about wrestling mm -hmm. not my thing but at 70 something years old, if it ain't out of your body, out of your system, body, like you should just know, like don't get in here and get hurt to the point that you won't be able to move like you need to again. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, it, it makes no sense. I'm sorry. None. At all. None. Yeah. All right. So Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition is receiving backlash for the messaging around the inclusion of five WNBA BA players of the race of racist sexual orientations and sizes. The words we can do both have sparked a controversy as people ponder what both means. The assumption that has people upset is, is to be athletic and feminine, mm -hmm. which is also another place of contention for some fans of these ladies as they know that some of them do not typically represent as feminine. Hmm. What do you think about this? Uh, so I have mixed emotions about this. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that not just the WNBA ladies, but they've got a plus size model, mm -hmm. an older lady, and I can't remember the other person that are all a part of this edition, this, this, this edition this time. And I love the diversity. I love that they're doing this. I don't know that I like the messaging that you can't be a, a feminine athlete is kind of what that, like they're trying to say people don't assume that you can be a feminine athlete. And I know for a fact that so many of those girls, women who play in the WNBA, mm -hmm. like they play with their hair done, they nails, they mm -hmm. eyelashes. They, I mean, they, <laughs> they out there with the snuffleupagus on, with yeah. the makeup on. I remember that was, um, who was that? Was that Lobo or Leslie? Who used to wear her lipstick? Tina, Tina Thompson. Tina Thompson. Used to rock. Used to yeah. wear her lipstick, baby. Like, don't uh -huh. get it twisted, right? And so, and then the other part of that for me is this spectrum of what femininity is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What does that mean? Yeah. Um, I'm a female, regardless of whether I like to wear shirts and bow ties mm -hmm. uh, and slacks, or if I like to wear dresses. And either way, I'm a woman. Right female right mm -hmm. and so if that's how i identify at least <laughs> right these women are identifying as women we're gonna put that out there too because right. i know there are some who do not identify so they right. identify as women okay and so i don't know if i really like that you gotta say we can do both because it's an implication that being an athlete makes you less feminine, and i don't like that part mm -hmm. That's the part I don't like. And I guess that's where the gripe that most people are having with it is this, we can do both. Well, what does both mean? Of course we can do both. I am both. So I think that it's a horrible campaign, but I think the realness comes from the idea that, you know, that there is a belief, whether right, wrong, or indifferent, there is a belief out there that women who play sports 
aren't as feminine. Right, wrong, or indifferent, there is a belief out there. And so yeah. I think what they were trying to do was kind of jump on that and say, well, no, yeah. we can't do both. And so I don't think that it was malicious. No, I don't need now. Anything you put out there, like it's gonna be open for scrutiny and interpretation. Absolutely. Um, but I just think there was a horrible, I guess, kind of campaign to try to do. Um, yeah. To, to even try to touch on that because of the sensitive yeah. nature of it. Right. You no, know, I think. And then the whole thing about the feminine versus the, well, I mean, less, I'm gonna just say less feminine. <clears throat> um, less feminine um, appearance of some of them, right? Right. Um, I mean, outside of this, outside of the, the um, SI shoot, I'm saying they're natural, like who they are. Right. Oh. They talked about um, Diana Taurasi and somebody else because she's one of the people in this shoot. Right. Um, clearly saying she's not a she's not a feminine. She's not a girly dresser. Right. She's right. not that person. So to put her in a swimsuit and I'm thinking if she went to the pool or the beach, what's she wearing? Right. She don't have to buy the fruit fruit swimsuit, but she probably putting on a swimsuit. Mm -hmm. I doubt she going to the beach in some boxes and a t-shirt. Well, I mean. <laughs> I mean, she could if she wanted to, but I'm just saying, I doubt that's how she going. Yeah. <laughs> she going to put on a swimsuit because that's what you wear when you go to the water. Right. So every, I think your point is the point everybody's over scrutinizing everything right and while i don't agree with the whole both scenario i still i love the idea of what they what they did, they did yeah yeah and i and, and it's one of those things for me like i, I don't want to say like i think any exposure like helps push the cause for because mm -hmm. i'm not in there i'm i if it's something that i take offense to i don't want nobody telling me like you shouldn't be offended because right, 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 it pushes right. your cause. Like, no, right. if it's offensive, it's offensive. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But I just think that like, you know, the cause of these women and continuing to push them into the spotlight in areas where they can be seen so that we can grow the sport or we can grow just women's sports across the board. Right. You know, which is going to lead to more revenue. Right. Um, I'm all for it, but I'm again. I'm not all for, you know, them being offended. Right. You know. I'm sorry. I was playing with you. Yep. <laughs> all right. That's a mental health moment. Um, you know, usually when we do mental health moments, we we talk about someone who's overcome some type of mental hurdle, yeah. some type of mental health. Uh, issue and you know um defeated isn't the word but they've they've you know put themselves into a place where we can look at it and say hey here's a light shown on someone who may have dealt with mental health issues and this is how they you know um were able to progress yeah. right? this one isn't one of those no um but there are lessons to learn here I think, and there are some things to tease out of this that um, that can help. Now, this is a, a podcast where we talk about athletes, but there, there are things to tease out here that can help, you know, anyone. Right. That's um, right. 
And we don't know all of the facts, but what we do know is that uh, Rajan Rondo received an order of protection. Um, well, there was an order of protection, protection against him from his children's mother um, based on the alleged, uh, some alleged comments that he made in threatening her um, that he would kill her. And those are very serious allegations. And yeah. careful to say alleged because we don't know what happened, but that's what's right. being reported. That's what's being reported. That's and right. so this isn't something new. This isn't the first time we've heard something like this, allegedly. <laughs> no. um, and, you know, we don't know Rajon Rondo personally, but it's like when we see certain athletes, we see, you know. It's a commonality. Yeah. There's um, a commonality to this story. It's not his, it's not his alone. Right. And we hear it so often, unfortunately, um, with athletes. And I feel like the reason we spotlighted this particular story is because it just brings up the point of this need to um, First of all, I feel like there's a need to do a better job in sports period in teaching emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like there is a huge disparity in helping athletes compartmentalize, if you will, their emotions. Because yeah. the emotions that they have when they're playing their sport are intense, um, sometimes violent because of the sport they play. Um, just not good for everyday <laughs> functioning in the world, right? And so when they lose it emotionally, um, have you know these outbursts or whatever, it typically is equivalent to what you see when they play the sport in the way that they respond to things, right? And until we get to a point where they can, like I use the word, I'll use to compartmentalize and say, this is not, this is not, I can't have that same level of, I don't even know what word, like, what emotion, the, the emotion that you have in that particular sport or when you're on that playing surface is not necessary in this situation with, we'll just stick to the story with your baby mama, with your baby's mama. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's not, it's, it's just not. And, and the outcome of that is statements like, I'm gonna kill you right and it's just or some of the other horrific things we've seen where they you know we've seen ray rice and how he how it was with him and his woman like we've um heard the stories right of how um i can't think his name right now from the seahawks that we've seen the, the evidence of what she looked like after he beat her right it's just but they, they're taking that same 
energy and applying it to regular life. And you cannot do that. You cannot do that. Now, all of them are not just naturally built that way. So some of them, they just naturally go back to being, you know, okay. But for the ones who, who that's just been your go-to and how you respond and everything you do is in that, that vein is just not healthy. And so I hope we do a better job of, of teaching emotional intelligence and preparing these athletes for real life. Here. So that's all I got. Nah, this is, uh, uh, you know, my only thing to it is, is, uh, you know, I know that this is, it, it, when it's, when it happens in sports, it's kind of magnified, you know, the, you know, domestic violence and these things, um, you know, happen in all parts of society. But it gets magnified when we're talking about sports and these athletes who um, we don't expect to deal with stuff like this. You know, we, we, we think that money is kind of the cure-all and because they make so much money that they shouldn't have to deal with stuff like this. And I think, That's right, Drew. Uh-uh. Right. <laughs> That's right. You said, nope. He said, uh-uh. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, so I, I, I think in, in continuing to hear these stories, like, I think they'll, um, we have to get these sports leagues involved in some way to pushing this, pushing them to get some sort of help, you know, because it is, it's difficult, even if you aren't like that, you know, it's difficult to compartmentalize. It is. You know, I don't care who you are. So, right. yeah, yeah. And so you, you have to show all of this aggression on the field and it's celebrated in this arena. It's certainly <laughs> frowned upon when you go through everyday life. Um, but and a lot of athletes end up being coddled and their bad behavior gets, you know, depending on their level of talent, their bad behavior gets swept under the rug. And so this is something that, that just can't be ignored. And we, we're using this Rajon Rondo story. And again, we don't know exactly all of the facts right. of what happened, but we're using this story, you know what I'm saying, to kind of highlight that this needs to be addressed because it's becoming right. more and more, more and more prevalent. That's right. <laughs> We hear you, we hear you, we hear you. It's just ugly, no, I know. I don't, like it. <laughs> I don't like it either, buddy. Me either. All right, so All right. our feel good final thought this week. Yes. So we do these stories, we, we talk about these athletes and, and there, you know, this person holds a special place for me. Um, <laughs> Steph, Wardell, Stephen Curry. <laughs> Um, just graduated from his um, alma mater, Davidson. Mm -hmm. um, and he graduated with the sociology, the sociology degree. Mm -hmm. And he had to write a thesis paper. And his thesis choice was 
um, gender inequality in sports. How much do we love him? Yes. I love it. <laughs> it's um, so hard to dislike Steph Curry. <laughs> and I be one too. I really do. Oh no, never ever. So yeah, I um, I just I'm proud for him. And um, good job. I know Jerome Bettis also just graduated um, from um, college. So, you know, I love the idea that so many of these athletes don't just say, you know, well, yeah, I'm leaving, but I'm not going to ever go back. And I love that they, right. you know what I mean? They go back and they get that. It's just, it's just an accomplishment. They don't need a money. They don't need a job. It's the accomplishment of it all, and I and the completion. So it's the completion. I'll say that the yeah. completion of the starting of something, and that is huge. And I feel like that is something that is is um, needs to be celebrated more when this is happening. Definitely. Yeah. Well, shout out to you, <laughs> what else? <laughs> okay. All right. Show picks. What you watching? Listen, I got one on here, but I got two. So I'm gonna start with the first. <laughs> um, Lil John wants to do what? Oh man! On HGTV, this show is amazing. Um, I love watching him and his partner. Um, as they, as she figures out how to bring his crazy ideas to life. Mm -hmm. And every time I'm thinking, what is he talking about? This sounds ridiculous. And by the time it's done, I'm like, wow. Wow. Look at what he did. Look at what they put together. So I love this show because I'm an HGTV junkie. Uh -huh. um, and so I love this show. And I won't tell y'all the other reason why I will support this show. I won't. Um, I'll tell you offline. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, the other show that I just finished watching, it had me hooked from yesterday. Tuck and stop till I finish today. Uh, the Lincoln Lawyer. Lincoln Lawyer, yes. You've <gasps> been talking about that. The movie was good. I love myself yes. some Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Mm -hmm. But this show is so good. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So what you watching? I Other than Drew on season two. I know I talked about it last week. I'm on season two. We'll put a ring on it. This show. Still haven't been able to make myself watch it, Jerry. You know, it's one of those things where the show, I think as the seasons go, it's going to get more and more outlandish. Um, I think one of the reasons why I continue to watch, because it started off outlandish, and I could see where they're going with it. So ratchetness just begets ratchetness. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, okay. I, think the, I think the first season, I think they, I think that they're, what they were trying to do was good, the first season. Yeah. I think the second season, they, they kind of moved on for more entertainment value. And that's when I'm like, all right. So this uh, is like hip, what is it? Hip hop, Atlanta, hip -hop. love and hip hop. Love Atlanta, yeah, yeah, see, like I was digging it at first and then y'all just got foolish. And I, I just had to stop watching. Exactly. So ironically, yeah. on season two, I put a ring on it. Um, I'm sure you know of the group Phil Mob. Yes, of course. Yeah. So I'm so guy, sick of it. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. Darian and his uh, girlfriend of 14 uh, years is on there. Did you say girlfriend of 14? Girlfriend of 14 years. Um, they're on there together. And also, um, I know that you know this name. 
uh, because he played for the Falcons. But Eric Weems mm-hmm. was also an HBCU graduate. I played against him. At, uh, he was at Bethune Cookman. Okay. Um, he and his girlfriend were on there. And so, you know, they went with some some people that are kind of known. I'm sure that kind of got a little clout. Yeah. Um, and some of this stuff is a bit outlandish, you know, like it feels some of it feels like it's being played up, whereas the first season it, it, felt, yeah. felt genuine. It felt like everybody was kind of going through what they were going through. So, yeah, season two put a ring yeah. on. I don't know if I'm going to watch season three. <laughs> I'm I'm quiet. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. But yeah, so that's it for me. All right. All right. Oh, so, we are at the end. The end. Yeah. I don't think I said this in the beginning, but this is episode 161. Yep. Um, if you would like to get in touch with us, um, our email address is field the number two the real podcast at gmail.com. Um, if you want to reach out to us on the socials, our Twitter is at field the number two the real P1. IG is at field the number two the real podcast. Um, our Facebook page is right there uh, to the left of Stephanie. Um, field no number field to the real podcast for Facebook and YouTube field to the real podcast. You can go to our Facebook page, you can like it. Um, you can see our videos that come straight from our YouTube page. And if you go to our YouTube page, you can subscribe, share, like comment and go hit that notification bell so that anytime we release a video it hits right to your feed and you'll see uh our faces pop up <laughs> uh, but as always we truly appreciate you guys for continuing to listen continuing to support Thank you. Um, yes. definitely reach out to us you know what i'm saying if you feel like uh you know you have you want to be on the show if you want to um if you have some suggestions only respectful suggestions. If you have some critiques, only respectful critiques. Um, but yeah, this is the Fields of the Real podcast. And we are out. Tell them bye, Drew. Peace. 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 Now put the cameras on me. 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 Put the cameras on me.